Hey kids, do you know what today is? That's right, it's Thursday, and that means it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week, we have episode number 24, which was originally released on Wednesday, February the 7th, 2007, and it's over 40 minutes long. So how about I stop flapping my gums and we get into the episode already? Enjoy. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that thinks ducks are creepy. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx broadcasting production. Lynx like the cat. <laughs> Just like a comic book. 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 Welcome to episode number 24 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, February the 6th, 2007, and likes a big bowl of chili in the middle of the night. Though the wife doesn't seem to care for it too much. I don't know why. Anyway, hey, it's episode 24, and you know what that means, babies. That's right, episode 25 is just next week. So let's get those emails rolling in and those voicemails rolling in and maybe even some e-greetings and... Well, you know, actually, no, let's, yeah, let's not worry about the e-greetings too much because, yeah, I'm not really down, you know, with the e-greetings and they don't really, don't really work well with, with the podcast. So, yeah, let's, let's just ignore that. Okay. So, hey, how's everybody doing this week? Norman, did you have a good week? Well, I, I had an okay week. You know, I, I went out and I did some, did some shopping in town and. Oh, yeah, I did some shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Would, went into would town. you, uh. Well, What'd you go shopping for? Well, I, I understand it's your little girl's birthday this week, yeah, so uh, yeah. you know I had to go out and buy her some. Oh, that was. You know, I went to the toy store and yeah, you know, I got her some dolls and some. Well, that was nice. Well, no. some you know a fluffy cat, well, stuff like that. That was nice, Norman. It is my little girl's birthday this week. She's going to turn three, so you know everybody say happy birthday to Rana. Well, I didn't know it was your uh, your your little girl's birthday oh, this yeah? week. I didn't know. Nobody told me. I didn't. I yeah, guess I didn't know the three, counter. I think yeah. I had it written down on the counter, but I didn't know. Yeah, and I guess counter. I should go out and I should also get me some fluffy kittens or some. Oh, she, yeah, uh, she, dolls. Likes, she likes the Care Bears. I like yeah, the Care Bears. Well, you know the Care Bears are kind of good. I get her a Care Bear. Maybe an Elmo. She like Elmo. I like Elmo. She, she likes. Like, she like Elmo. I mean, shut up. She likes Elmo. Shut up. Sorry. Sorry. D, it's... Deliberate Jones. I don't know if it's working out, man, because, you know, you, you tend to just ramble there well, a little I don't, bit, so... I don't mean to ramble, you know, I just... I, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't oh, know if it's going to work out. Oh, come on, man. I mean, I, I don't mean to ramble. I just sometimes I ramble, and it just comes to me, and well, I just... just shut up! We're sorry. Good golly, gophers on a gumbush. I mean... Can you talk any faster? I mean, well, I get this guy, Stephen. He's well, he's well, driving me up the wall over here. Sure. All right, settle down, Norman. Well, Deliberate I'm, Jones is an old friend of mine. Yeah, he would I invited be. him to be part of the show. I and, him to shut up. You know, frankly, Norman, the fact that he annoys you. Well, I I think I'm going to keep him around. What do, what? what do you say, Gary? Well, you know, Steve, that's that's your call. I mean, I think he seems to be a pretty nice feller. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, come on. He actually brought me some flowers, yeah, uh, flowers. for tonight's show. So, oh, for so my I kind of like the guy. So, oh, so, Deliberate Jones, that's your name? That's my name. Yeah, okay, Deliberate. well, uh, I, I welcome you to the show. And thank you. I, I thank hope you stick Gary. around because, you know, oh, anybody man. that brings me flowers well, for shows. What? Flowers. Shut, well, shut up, what? Norman. What? Shut up. Shut up. You know, Attention. I like I like a nice I like some flowers. You can okay, take is that too much to add? You never bring me flowers. Ran those flowers. Whatever, what? Norman. Whatever. I'm, what? I'm gonna go get some chili. I'd like chili too. I'll, oh. I'll join you for some. I guess I guess I have chili too. Well, I guess while the boys go get themselves some chili, 
I'll talk a little bit about my week. Um, as I sit here puffing away on the cigarettes, I can't help but think about the fact that tomorrow morning I have to take my health risk assessment. That means is, is that my new job will offer me cheaper medical benefits, providing I volunteer for a health risk assessment with our on-site nurse practitioner. So I'm a little nervous about that because she's going to be drawing my blood for labs. Uh, I, the, the needle doesn't bother me, but what's going to bother me is when she comes back and tells me, hey, fat ass, you're going to die in about a week. Knock it off. You know, so I'm going to have to give up the smoking. I'm going to have to give up the cheesecake, which uh, I don't want to give up the cheesecake. Come on, I like it, a cheesecake, but I'm going to have to. And, of course, before I can have my blood drawn, I've been asked to fast for at least eight hours. So here in a couple hours, I've got to, I've got to cut, I got to stop drinking the Mountain Dew. I've got to stop eating. So yeah, the fat man's not happy, but hey, you know what? This could be the next step from the fat man going to the, well, the not so fat man. Cause I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be skinny per se. So that's what I got to look forward to tomorrow. Um, what else is going on this week? Well, let's see. Dark Tower. Gunslinger Born comes out this week. That's got me all a giddy, a little fluttering going on in the old heart. Looking forward to that. Now this, this month actually is the first month that, um, I've, I, I dropped a book or two so I could have DCBS send me my books twice a month. So I'm really looking forward to that, having my book sent to me twice a month. Um, that's, oh, I also want to talk about, um, Rom Lives. That's not a movement. It's a man. Rom Lives has joined the ranks of the enlightened. Rom Lives has left a very nice and glowing review over at iTunes, joining the ranks of Jay Cargath and Iron Fanboys. So appreciate that, Mr. Lives. Can I call you Mr. Lives or can I just call you Rom? Rom Space Knight. That was a good comic series, though I never owned one book, and I never owned the toy, but uh, it should be a movement. We should get ROM back in the pages of Marvel Comics, so maybe we can start one of those petitions, you know, one of those online petitions that nobody really ever pays attention to, so I'm probably not actually going to do it, so we'll just ignore the past statement there. So, I guess let's just get going with some uh, listeners' feedback. <laughs> Um, I just want to say about the, uh, that stupid, stupid Wendy's commercial with the idiots in the library. I agree with Norman, and I would like to strangle an otter, too. Um, besides that, the thing with the whole, okay, it's stupid that they're in the library, why doesn't the stupid idiot with the itty-bitty sandwich just put the whole stinking thing in his mouth? Why take bites of it? It's smaller than his pinky finger. Yes, the otters better all run and hide. And I also want to say, yippee-doo, episode 25, and I like eggs. Oh, come on, lady. You're about a week early on the whole happy 25th thing, so you're fired. Just kidding. Hey, Norman, you want to comment on this voicemail since pretty much the entire thing was about you? Yeah, actually, I do. Well, ma'am, I'll tell you what. I never really gave it much thought, but now that I really think about it, why didn't he just eat the whole hamburger and fries in one bite? I mean... 
What an idiot. Yeah, that that is a pretty stupid commercial. Uh, let's play the next voicemail. Hi, Stephen. This is Kevin, your own personal stalker, back at you. Um, looking at your books that you're going to review for this week, um, I'm not reading the all-new Adam, but I really did like uh, the most recent All-Star Superman, which I think was number six, which was um, about Jonathan Kent and the other Supermans that came back. I thought that was a real neat concept and, and really enjoyed it. Um, so number six, I'm kind of on the on the bandwagon with everybody else, but I just kind of lost interest and too many um, side projects like Civil War Frontline and just not doing it for me anymore. If it came out on time, I probably would have kept up with it a little bit better. Um, the thing I keep meaning I'm going to mention I'm going to talk about is uh, Sabrina. Um, if you're into uh, saving some money, it's it's one of the few comics that's still just 225. And if you're into manga um, or have younger kids, um, it has actually a pretty deep story with a, a revolt in the Magic Lands. It's really not the uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch show that you remember. Um, so somebody out there might want to give it a try. Um, if I like it as a 36-year-old fanboy. Um, I think some other people out there might enjoy it, especially if you, have, if you have kids and want to share something with them. So this is your own personal stalker signing off. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. You know, <clears throat> it was Kevin pointed out that uh, on my pre-show thread, I did list that I was going to review All-Star Superman number seven this week, but that was a mistake. It's uh, issue six. Sorry. Uh, as far as Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you know, I may I may look into picking some of those up because uh though I'm not into uh the manga too much um my kids my kids might actually get a kick out of it so maybe I'll pick that up uh I don't know they got this whole 52 thing wrapping up which I'm pretty excited about I like the story but I'm looking forward to not having those four issues to buy each month but now they're talking about this new countdown series I don't know if anybody's heard about that that Paul Dini is is uh overseeing and it's it's counting backwards so the week after 52 is released we'll have countdown number 51 and then the week after that countdown 50 and then 49 and so on and so on and so on and i i don't really want to get into another weekly book because my wallet was really looking forward to having uh four less issues to buy or at least maybe filling that void with with a couple other issues that I've been wanting to pick up, like like a Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, you know. But I don't know. I guess I'll have to wait on the announcement of the countdown to see what it's all about and see if it, you know, uh, see if it interests me, if it piques my interest at all. But if it doesn't, maybe I'll I'll, I'll check out the Sabrina. None of my kids are old enough to read comics yet, so that might be something that, that, that I'll get on down the line. But uh, I've heard your suggestion, Kevin. I've filed it away into the back of the uh, dusty areas of my mind, so I'm thinking about it. You, you, you're, you're starting to sell me, so uh, don't give up, my friend. Do not lose hope. Uh, anyway. Let's do some uh, news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by Rossman's Toe Floss. Howdy, this is Gary Indiana. You may know me from At the Movies with Gary Indiana, played each week on the Just Another Fanboy podcast. Let me tell you. 
There's nothing I enjoy more after a hard day out on the job than to kick back in my recliner, pull off my socks, and pick the lint out from betwixt my toes. The only problem is, is that after, when I want to chew on my fingernails, I have to get up and wash my hands because they taste like toe sweat, and that ain't good. But thanks to Rossman's Toe Floss, I can clean betwixt my toes without touching them at all with my fingers, which means I ain't got to get up and interrupt my sitting and relaxing to wash my hands before chewing on my fingernails. So try Rossman's Toe Floss, the hygienic way to clean betwixt your toes. Rossman's Toe Floss, because toes sweat, tasting fingers just isn't cool. After a quick sellout at DC Comics, Justice Society of America number two is going back to press for a second printing. Written by Jeff Johns and illustrated by Dale Eaglesham and Art Thibbert, the Justice Society of America number two second printing is scheduled to arrive in stores on February 21st. This new printing will feature a pencils-only version of the variant cover art by Eaglesham. To ensure delivery on February 21st, retailers must place orders by Sunday, February 11th. Please note that quantities will be limited and may sell out before February 11th. Image Comics would like to congratulate Mike Bullock and Jack Lawrence for their work on Lions, Tigers, and Bears Volume 1, which beat out stiff competition to take home the prestigious, and I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this, Anjuleme Discovery Prize for younger audiences. It's not often that an American book wins top honors at Europe's biggest Comic-Con, yet Image Comics is proud to announce the French translation of Lions, Tigers, and Bears Volume 1 did just that at this weekend's Anjoulime International Comics Festival. Lions, Tigers, and Bears Volume 1 is currently available in English in the U.S., as well as in Italian, German, Spanish, and French translations overseas. In movie news, Joss Whedon has been taken off the Wonder Woman movie. Why? Well, as Whedon puts it over at Whedonesque.com. Let me stress first that everybody at the studio and Silver Pictures were cool and professional. We just saw different movies. And at the price range, this kind of movie hangs in, that's never going to work. Non-sympatico. It happens all the time. I don't think any of us expected it to this time, but it did. Everybody knows how long I was taking, what a struggle that script was, and though I felt good about what I was coming up with, it was never going to be a simple slam dunk. I like to think it rolled around the rim a little bit, but others may have different views. Good job, Deliberate Jones. David Goyer announces that he's off the Flash movie, but have no fear, or have a great big bunch of fear. I guess it depends on how you feel about the following. But according to The Hollywood Reporter, Sean Levy has stepped in as the new director. Sean Levy is the guy that did Night at the Museum, Pink Panther, and the Cheaper by the Dozen movie. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Jeff Bridges has joined the cast of Iron Man. According to The Mag, Bridges will play a confident and close business associate of Stark, a longtime employee at defense contractor Stark Industries who plays a major role in shaping Stark's life. They don't give a name of the character he's playing, but it sounds a little bit to me like Happy Hogan. And on DVD this week, Hellboy animated Sword of Storms, Eddie Murphy Delirious, and Charlie and Lola Volume 3, My Little Town. My kids love that show. And that was this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book. Picks of the Week.
For this week's picks, I want to talk about All-Star Superman number 6 from DC Comics, the all-new Adam number 7 also by DC Comics, and Civil War number 6 by Marvel Comics. So there's going to be a lot of spoilers here. I know these are a month old, but if you haven't read any of these issues yet, I would suggest skipping ahead. If you want a spoiler-free review on all three of these, I read them. They were good. And now on to the spoiler-filled reviews. First up, we've got the all-new Adam, number 7, by DC Comics. This is written by Gail Simone, pencils by Mike Norton, inks by Andy Owens, colors by Alex Blay Errett, letters by Pat Brousseau, cover art by Ladron, Tom Palmer Jr. is the associate editor, and Mike Carlin is the editor. This issue is entitled The Man Who Swallowed Eternity, Part 1, The Energy of the Universe is Constant. You know, I I haven't read any of the all-new Adams at all. This is my first foray into this series. And really, the main reason I picked this up was because of this Mike Norton guy. Everybody's been all up and down the podcast highway saying, pick up all new Adam number seven for Mike Norton will be penciling it and we must get behind this guy and support him. And so I I picked it up, you know, and I wanted to review it just simply because I wanted to talk about this Mike Norton guy. Uh, If you're not familiar with Mike Norton, check out the Crankcast podcast because he's on there. But you know, I'll be honest with you. When I first started the issue, I was kind of like, eh, I, I, yeah, I guess he's okay. You know, I don't understand all this Mike Norton love other than the fact that he seems to be a pretty nice guy. But, you know, the further I got into the issue, the the more I really enjoyed his art. He's really got a John Byrne style to him that I I really like. I really enjoyed his art, so I got to give props up to, the, to Mike Norton. And I have to stand behind all... Everybody else out there who likes Mike Norton who says, why is he not on a regular monthly book? And that's a good question because why isn't he on a regular monthly book? He, from what I understand, he, he gets his stuff done. He gets it in on time and the man can draw. He, like I said, he's got a John Byrne style to him that I really enjoy. And frankly, I want to know why he, he should have been on 52. Frankly, he would have fit in perfectly on 52. He should have been in there. So. All New Adam number 7 was a good story. Gail Simone is probably one of my favorite writers out there, uh, ranked up there with Brad Meltzer and uh, Judd Winnick and Grant Morrison and Mark Wade and Gail Simone. She could be listed amongst names such as those, but I'm embarrassed to say I don't really read anything by Gail Simone other than I read her Days of Vengeance uh, book the pre-infinite crisis and again i read this all new adam and i'm I'm really enjoying it so uh, i don't think i'm going to pick up any more of them simply because my wallet won't allow it and because mike norton's no longer going to be on it after issue eight though i do understand he's, he may be coming back for another arc so eh who knows if they get mike norton on a regular book I'm, i will probably pick up that book unless it's something stupid so all new adam number seven check it out or I'm checking you out. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Okay, up next is All-Star Superman number six. This is from DC Comics. And this is written by Grant Morrison with art by Frank Quietly. Uh, this is digitally inked and colored by Jamie Grant, lettered by Phil Balsam. 
Editorial assists by Brandon Montclair, edited by Bob Shrek. This was kind of a weird issue. Really? Grant Morrison doing a, a weird issue? I, I don't understand. No, this was kind of a weird issue, though I did enjoy it. Uh, this features a cover of Superman uh, standing with Crypto overlooking a tombstone with Jonathan Kent's name on it. So that doesn't bode well for the issue. But basically, you've got some Superman from the future who come back in time uh, after this creature and Superman tries to help him out. Uh, and Jonathan Kent dies. So it was pretty sad. Uh, I, I, I liked it. It, it was kind of weird, but I liked it. The funny thing is, is that these other Supermen, um, were actually from the DC 1 million crossover that came out a few years back. And it, it was the, the DC 1 million. I wasn't reading comics at the time, so I missed it completely. But oddly enough, I just recently picked up the trade at the library, not knowing that they were going to be featured in this uh, All-Star Superman number six. So somebody wanted me to read them. So I read them. And so I did understand a little what was going on because of DC 1 million. So if you haven't read DC 1 million, you may not understand uh, where these guys are from, but that's where they're from. If you want to know, that's that's where they're from. I don't have a lot to say about the book other than, like I said, it was a little weird, but it was fun. Like all the All-Star Superman books have been, they've been fun. Uh, they've also been released, which is more than I can say about All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. I don't even know if that book exists anymore. But uh, check it out, baby, because it was good. You can't, you can't beat the All-Star Superman number six Eisner Award winner for best new series. So. Get it, or I'll get you. Yeah, that joke's getting old already. So, last up, we've got Civil War number six. Uh, this is a Marvel Comics event in seven parts. Uh, this is written by Mark Millar, penciled by Steve McNiven, inked by Dexter Vines, colors by Maury Hollowell, lettered by Chris Eliopoulos. Uh, the editor is Tom Brevoort. The assistant editors were Molly Laser and Aubrey Sitterson. Molly, I'm probably mispronouncing your name. Not that you're going to ever listen to my podcast, but if you do, hey, I apologize. Uh, what can I say about Civil War number six? Oh my God, it was awesome. It, <laughs> it was awesome. I really, I really loved it. Frank Castle, the Punisher, has joined the ranks of the Secret Avengers and he is helping them gather data on Iron Man, Tony Stark, his team, and the location of the secret uh, 42 prison where all the, the superheroes that have been apprehended, and that's where they're being held in the Phantom Zone. So Captain America and his secret Avengers are getting together to go break them out. There's a really great scene in here where uh, the Punisher walks in on the heroes meeting two villains. Um, I, what were their freaking names? I don't remember their names. Anyway, these two villains that, that are trying to cut a deal with Cap and his boys and girls, basically saying, you know, hey, if Iron Man's got supervillains on his team, you need supervillains on your team. What do you say? And, well, I'll tell you what the Punisher says. He shoots him dead. Shoots him dead. And Captain America doesn't like that too much, you know, because, well, that's Cap. He doesn't like, he doesn't like the killing. So they use the information that they have to 
bust in to the 42 facility only to be met by Tony Stark, Reed Richards, and his crew because they set this up as a trap. But Cap turns the tables on him. Cap knew it was a trap because not only did Iron Man have a mole within the Secret Avengers, which is Tigra, but Cap had a mole within Iron Man's Avengers, which was the Hulkling, who is a shapeshifter, who had uh, taken the place of Hank Pym. So the issue ends with all the heroes, because they've, they've broken out the heroes out of the, the, the prisons, and you've got the you know the non-reg guys on one side and the registration guys on the other side, and they're getting ready to throw down. And Cap says, Now close your eyes, gentlemen. This might hurt. Looking forward to issue number seven. I'll tell you what, when I'm reading through this, I tell you, it really pays to know people in the comic book industry because he, over here there's a scene where Captain America is sitting at a uh, a bank of computer mon- computer monitors, and lo and behold, there is a screenshot of the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast homepage, you lucky, lucky bastards. That's, I tell you what, if I was Vince and Dave and I'm looking through this and, and I saw my website there featured within the middle of Civil War, I think, I, I think I'd call my mom and say, Mom, you got to buy this because I'm in here. So maybe Vince and Dave called their mom. I don't know. There's also some other screenshots, uh, Golden Eagle Comics and Cards. That's, I believe, the uh, comic book shop that Jamie D from the comic Geek Speak, that's where he works. So that's that's all Maury Hollowell from what I understand. He's good friends with those guys. Maury, you know, if you listen to the show and, and you want to stick me in, in one of your books, eh, that'd be really cool. Hey, if you got your own picks, why don't you, eh, why don't you write in? Tell me about them. Just another fanboy at gmail.com. You got any books that are really burning your little fanboy hands, you know, you gotta read it. I gotta read the book. Gotta read the book. Tell us about it. You know, if it's not something that I talk about, tell us what you like. You know, you can leave me a voicemail at one eight seven seven three zero nine eight three six seven extension two one two and leave an audio review of any books that, that you feel I should be reading or, or anybody should be reading. That's, that's what you should do. Yeah. Very unprepared this week. I've been working hard on trying to get something together for next week's episode 25. So episode 24 is suffering just a little. Most of it's just right off the top of the old noggin instead of written down in script format. So let's move on to At the Movies with Gary, Indiana. Hello, folks. It's Gary, Indiana, back with you again for another edition of At The Movies with Gary, Indiana. And this week, I want to look at a little computer-animated flick straight out of 2005 called Hoodwinked. It's rated PG, and the children will love it. According to the envelope from the Nameless Online Rental Agency, it states, Based on the classic fable Little Red Riding Hood, This animated fairy tale, Turned on Its Head, features an all-star voice cast that includes Glenn Close, James Belusi, Chaz Palminteri, and David Ogden Steers. 
called to Granny's cottage to look into a domestic disturbance involving a sardonic wolf, an axe, and a crimson-caped girl, investigators uncover a tangled web of events that may be connected to a string of snack shop robberies. The only thing they left out of this little description is the fact that, well, Patrick Warburton is the voice of the big bad wolf. I really enjoyed this flick. I like how they separated it out into four different segments that all kind of tied in as each of the four main characters explain what happened in Granny's Cottage from, well, from their point of view. You get Little Red Riding Hood story, you get the Big Bad Wolf story, you get the axe-wielding woodsman story, and Granny story. Now, one thing I did enjoy is that, for example, the Big Bad Wolf story was basically, it was a send-off of the movie Fletch by Chevy Chase. Um, and well, not by Chevy Chase. I mean, he was in the movie, but I don't, he didn't write it or nothing, but he was in it. And of course, Granny's version, uh, was a takeoff of the movie Triple X with Vin Diesel. Uh, Granny was a, is a, is an extreme sportsman or sportswoman who likes to ski and snowboard. And she even has the letters G, G, G tattooed on the back of her neck, just like Triple X had X, X, X tattooed on the back of his neck but I, I i wasn't quite sure if the little red riding hood story or the the woodsman story was supposed to be a takeoff of anything that that i recognize so maybe if somebody else have seen the movie and and they recognize what those were from maybe they can write in or or call in or something and, and tell me about it but basically you've got this well i'm gonna spoil it so if if you haven't seen it skip it skip it but I'm gonna spoil it, but the, the little bunny rabbit who is voiced by Andy Dick, he is the mastermind behind the whole plot to steal recipes from all the snack food providers in the area so he can start his own snack food factory and take control of the snack food industry. But what he did not count on was, well, Granny who is a big name in the snack food world. She creates snack foods, and the Little Red Riding Hood, she will deliver these snack foods on her bicycle. The Little Red Riding Hood, and the Big Bad Wolf, and the Woodsman, and Granny all team up to stop the evil machinations of this little cuddly, cute rabbit. Like I said, if, if, if you have children, they will enjoy this movie, but there were a lot of jokes that I think us as adults would enjoy as well. Cause I, I know I sure did. The animation though was not top notch. I mean, I have seen better animation in a Mucinex commercial, but if you can get past the animation aspect of this movie, then I, I think you will enjoy it. So hoodwinked. Take a chance. Watch it. Thank you. And now for 30 seconds of nonsense. Now, speaking of bacon, I once met a pig named Gus who could tell the future. Stephen, he told me, one day you're going to spend each Tuesday of your life sitting in front of a glowing computer screen and speaking into a microphone about comics to a group of people who will hang on your every word. When that day comes, you're going to finish up each one of these weekly chat sessions by bathing in pudding until your skin's all crinkly and you can't see the writing that's written upon the wall. But fear not, the pig said, for the pudding will be vanilla flavored and all will be well with the world. 30 Seconds of Nonsense has been brought to you by nobody, because there's not a company in the world that's willing to stand behind it. And now for the view from Norman, Oklahoma. 
a weekly segment in which our resident bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry, or just about anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma. Hey folks, it's Norman, Oklahoma coming at you once again with The View from Norman, Oklahoma. And it looks like I ain't the only one that's not prepared this week, because, well, I ain't got nothing to talk about, so I guess we're just going to end it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's that's not going to fly, but you got to talk about something. I ain't got nothing to talk about. What you want me to say? I don't know. Something's got to be pissing you off, you know? Come on. Maybe I can talk about something. I got, oh, I got no. something to talk about. I mean, I can talk about the flowers and the trees and the birds and the bees. Oh, no, you go I gotta, away, boy. You know, there's a new song I heard on the radio. I don't care about your song. Boop a doop a doo. I talk about go that. Away. I like to talk about stuff like walk that. Walk away, boy. Just walk away, I guess. Walk away. That's what I'm talking about. Because you ain't coming in here and taking over my segment. Because this is what the people want to hear. When they tune in each week to just another fanboy, they ain't here to hear Steven or Gary or Deliberate Jones. They're here to, they're here to listen to me, Norman, Oklahoma. So I'm going to speak. Well, then, speak, brother. Tell us what's on your mind. All right, I guess I will. You know, I, I suppose I could tell you the story about the time I wrestled a possum. All right. Want to hear that? Yeah, let's hear it. Well, all right, then I will. Now, let me set this up for you. It was a dark and stormy night. It really was. It was a dark and stormy night when the possum entered my home and forced me into battle. A battle the likes of which haven't been seen since a group of rebels got together to blow up a little something called the Death Star. Now, I was just a young man, and I had moved in with my cousin Gary. His parents had owned a trailer or a mobile home, and they had recently moved out and were allowing him to stay there rent-free. However, they were pressing him to get a roommate, so he and said mate could then begin to pay all the utilities and whatnot. Enter yours truly. Now, say what you want about trailers, good or bad, but you will never know true fear until you're sitting home alone in a trailer house when the tornado alert sirens begin to wail. Anyway, back to the story. I was shaken awake in the middle of the night by Gary, who was standing over me and looking visibly shaken. Uh, what's going on? I say, rubbing the sleep from my eyes. There's a possum in the house. A possum? What? A possum got into the house. Uh, I need you to help me get it out. Possum? I have it trapped in a closet. I rise and pull on her shirt. Possum? I ask once again, still not able to get the best of grasps on the situation. Yes, a possum. It's in the closet in the living room. Here, take this broom. It's then that I notice that Gary is holding two brooms, one of which he hands over to me. Broom, closet, living room. I pause, finally feeling as if I can take a hold of the information that's being pounded into me into the wee hours of the night. Yet, there was still something I wasn't quite getting. Something elusive. I put my query to voice. Possum, get your dang shoes on and meet me in the hall. Gary says, anger and impatience seeping between the vowels. He slams the door to my room, leaving me alone amidst the darkness, the piles of dirty laundry, and the nagging feeling that there may very well be a possum trapped somewhere within the house. I pull on some pants, 
slip into my shoes and shoulder the broom before stepping out into the hallway in madness. Okay, not madness, just Gary. But madness is what I expected. I mean, come on. It's not every night that I am pulled out of a deep sleep and asked to do battle with the marsupial and then only given a common kitchen broom as my weapon. Now once in the hallway, Gary fills me in on how a possum got into the trailer. Apparently, at some point before I moved in, a new bathtub was installed in the only bathroom. Now I'm not a plumbing or a carpentry expert, and it was really late, and I never thought to question Gary about it afterwards, but it seems that in order to install this new bathtub, a hole had to be cut in the floor of the trailer under the tub. This hole, it seems, not only opens up to the bare ground just under the trailer, but also leads into the closet in the room just next to the bathroom. So basically, anything, or anyone for that matter, could get under the trailer and find themselves in a nice large hole that they could use to climb into our trailer and come out in one of our closets. The owners of the house, knowing this eventuality, took it upon themselves to install an ingenious security measure to forestall the obvious hole, if I may use the pun, in the security of the household. The measure was to just simply lean a thin section of plywood against the wall in the back of the closet and cover up the great gaping hole that again leads to the outside. Now I'm sure this device was ample in regards to keeping out squirrels and snakes and such, but a possum was able to knock it aside as easily as, well, a thin section of plywood. And I doubt that it would have stood up to a human intruder bent on stealing my comic book collection. Needless to say, this breach in our defenses was rectified the very next day. Anyway, back to the story. It seems that Gary was sitting out on the couch in the living room watching TV, which he did every night. The guy never slept. When, by the light of the TV, a possum just came a-walking down the hallway and into the living room, where it gave Gary what I can only imagine was quite the fright. Gary, all by himself, did manage to somehow corner the possum in the living room closet, grab two brooms, woke me from a happy slumber, and commenced to telling me his plan as we stood in the hallway just outside of the living room. The plan was so simple it was genius. We were to open the only two doors in the house that led to the outside and then close all the other inside doors, leaving the possum with no other route of escape than the two exits, each located at opposite ends of the trailer. Then we were to open the door to the closet where the angry possum was waiting, and then using our brooms guide the possum outside. It sounded so easy. The two of us stood side by side just before the living room closet door. My broom was held firmly in both hands, poised and ready. Gary's broom was held ready to strike in his right hand as he gripped the knob to the closet door in his left. You ready? He whispered. No. I whispered back. We have to do this. Yeah, I suppose we do. Open the door. Gary opened the door. A human-like hiss and moan came from the closet, and then I saw the beast. It stood on its hind legs in the back of the small room and clawed the air before it. Other than the sounds the creature was making, all was quiet. Gary calmly leaned into the closet and prodded at the possum with his broom. And that's when the monster struck. It leapt straight at my throat, and I heard the sounds of screeching and spitting. I realized that the screeching and spitting were coming from me, and I took a swipe at the possum as it came for me. It bounced off the bristles of my broom as I swung, and the thing ran into the kitchen. We followed, wailing and bellowing in fear at the tops of our respective lungs. We chased it into the kitchen, and it reversed course and ran for the hallway. We gave chase, bouncing each other off the walls of the hallway as there wasn't room enough for the both of us shoulder to shoulder. 
The beast ran on, and we ran after, chasing it down the length of the hall to the open door at the other end. It stopped at the last second, poised on the threshold of the open door. It turned. It stood. It hissed and spit. It flew as Gary slammed into it with his broom, and the creature was off into the night and out of our life. Well, that's the end of my story, and I hope you take a lesson from it, which is... If you're going to put a bathtub in your house, don't leave any holes for possums to get into. Thank you. Well, thank you, Norman, for that very entertaining story. And I'll tell you what, it's about 1.15 in the a.m. and I am ready to hit the hay. So let's do some bloopers and then get the heck out of here. Well, uh, yeah, I understand it's your uh, little ghost. Little girl, uh, it, After a quick sellout at DC Comics, Justice Society of America number two is going brack, brack, brackadack. After a quick sellout at DC Comics, Justice Society of America number two is going brack to press, brack to press, brack to press. In movie news, Joss Whedon has been taken off the Wonder Woman. This animated fairy tale turns on, turns on it. I just cannot get that out. This animated fairy tale turned on, turned on. I just cannot get that out. Coming from Little Red Riding Hood, Little Red Riding Hood. Why can I not speak to you people who I love? Mm. Oh, sorry. Light a cigarette there. Well, that's the end of our show. So send me an email, just another fanboy at gmail.com. Send in a voicemail at 1877-309-8367, extension 212. Or, you know, join the ranks of the incredibly cool. Line up there with such members as Rom Lives, Iron Fanboy, Jay Cargith, and go to iTunes and submit a review. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So until next week, episode 25, get your crap in. I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.